Lord, amen. We want to begin this class this morning. Testing one, two, test, 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 testing one, two, three, four, five, six, <clears throat> twenty-seven. It's the way when you teach your kids to count one, seven, nine, eleven. Uh, I want to uh, continue with this study uh, concerning uh, uh, marriage. And uh, I've been pretty blowing through about five or six weeks. I want to uh, take this morning and uh, kind of review a little bit and get some input uh, because repetition is a great teacher. And so um, uh, marriage and home and um, your success in life, uh, your well-being in life, uh, your development as a human being, uh, the foundation of the church, the strength of the church. All of these uh, very much link and depend upon the quality of marriage. <clears throat> to have a strong church, you need good marriages. This computes out. Jesus was born in a good family. Uh, incredible. I've preached on that over the years. Your well-being as a human being, your mind, your ability, your confidence, your growth and maturity as an individual, whether it's husband or wife, your children and their security, all of this is very much dependent upon the quality of your marriage. And, uh, you know, you've heard the statistics. I've mentioned them, different ones. Uh, one of the great problems in America today is uh, the home has been uh, disintegrated in many cases. <clears throat> uh, illegitimacy is off the charts uh, <clears throat> some some culture seventy something percent illegitimacy, fatherless generation, uh, and and uh, again uh, I encourage parents raise your own kids. One of the great tragedies as well is working mothers, and someone else raises your child, and. Uh, and I know maybe some of you have to work, but a lot of people, what happens is you create a lifestyle that you have to support, and the only way you can support it is by the wife working. And I understand if you're, if you're both, you know, I understand, but I, uh, I'm just saying uh, the tragedy of someone else raising your children computes out and out. No one will raise your kids like you. And there may be a relative, and that's <clears throat> the next best. You know, I've said, uh, you know, I'm a grandparent, great-grandparent. And one of the tragedies of life, when you finally get old enough to have some sense on how to raise kids, you can't have any anymore. Amen. You're too old. So, so God understands, amen, uh, the chemistry of that. But the reason I'm doing this class and I'm getting a lot of uh, good response is because uh, so many of you have never seen a good marriage. Uh, you've, you've never seen a biblical marriage. 
And so when you uh, get married, uh, and we're going to run through some things that I've already taught the last six weeks or seven weeks, uh, but when you, you've never saw it, and that makes it very difficult to administrate it. it makes, it's like me giving you a manual on how to play basketball, and you've never seen a court. You, you've never seen a rim. You don't, even know, you don't know the difference between a basketball and a tennis ball. But yet you're going to learn to play the game. <clears throat> and you've never seen, you, you have no, and sometimes we come into the kingdom, we get saved, God does a miracle, but we get married uh, and we have no clue on how to follow God's design. God gives the blueprint and the design for marriage, but you have to build it. You construct it. You and your wife, uh, you, you administer the pieces. You, uh, you're the one that, uh, again, it'd be like I said, okay, we're going to build this church building. Here's the blueprints. But you've never, you've never, you, you don't have a clue. You don't even know what concrete is. You've never picked up a hammer. You, you know nothing about a laser or a level or anything else in life. And you got this blueprint. I got blueprints in my office. A roll this big. We keep them there for the fire department. Uh, and and you, I mean, you're going to put in air con. You're going to do electrical, plumbing, uh, sewer, walls, carpet, all of this. Uh, and you, I can give you blueprints. Uh, and you have to construct it. That's why I'm here is to help you. To help you understand how to apply the blueprint that you can build something that you can live in. <clears throat> I preached a sermon at a marriage, not uh, one of our weddings not long ago. You're going to live in the marriage that you're constructing. <clears throat> you're going to live in it. And uh, it can either be a haunted house or it can be the house of God. Amen. <laughs> but, but, but you're the, God has the design, but you're the builders. You're the construction. And so uh, the purpose of this class is, is that's what's involved. Uh, and so uh, the difficulty over and over is, uh, is you, I'm talking to people sometimes about marriage and I can tell they don't have a clue what I'm talking about. I mean, they don't even, uh, you know, it'd be like someone coming up to me and start talking about calculus. I could even drop lower, algebra, geometry. I took algebra and geometry in high school, but uh, I think I got passed because I played hoop, you know. And, uh, but it'd be like someone coming up and start talking, uh, you know, uh, trigonometry to you. And so a lot of you need help. And that's why the staff is here. We're here to help you. And God will help you. And this book, definitely, the Bible will help you. And uh, I've said it for years. Uh, you're, and I, every couple I marry, uh, unless I'd say every couple I marry, I tell them, if you live for God the way you know you need to, if you're in church, if you guys pray together, you get in ministry somewhere along the way together. You come to church together. You read your Bible. You have a personal relationship with God. 
God, your marriage will work. God will help you. Your marriage will work. There's no excuse for two people who claim to be Christians to ever get a divorce. It's unacceptable. The Bible uh, says it's horrible. But, but if you live for God, that's the foundation of building a marriage. And, and uh, I made this statement. I may make it again later this morning. But uh, this is why many times uh, we're grasping at things that thinks, we think this is going to make our life better. And even, this is going to make my marriage better. If I, just, if I can just get this. And, but it has, that's so far out there that it's not even real. And I proved my point when I made this statement. Why was it during the Depression? Had no money. They had no money to go on dates. They had no money to eat out. They had no money to go to the theater. They had no money. They had no TVs, most of them. Had no Disneyland, no SeaWorld, no all the other. And yet, the statistics compared to today, they did a thousand times better with marriage than this generation is. Why is that? Why, why is that? Because uh, many times I tell, oh, if we, if we, just need, we just need to get off somewhere. We need to go to Hawaii. And, and there's nothing wrong with going to Hawaii, but that's not going to solve your marriage problem. You just go over there and fight like you do here. <laughs> and, and it may be beautiful. You're laying on the beach, or, and I hope you got some clothes on. But anyway, uh, you're, you're out there sunning and all that. But that, that's not going to solve your marriage problem. Don't think it is. You can eat out every day. You can go out every night and eat. And if you got money to go out and eat, that's your business. That's not my business. But that's not going to solve your marriage problem. Do you understand that? I mean, Paul didn't say here, husbands, take your wife out every night. <laughs> wife, you know, he didn't, it's amazing what they didn't say. That we think, oh, if, I just, if, if, if that was just, if we could just incorporate that. He didn't say, husband, make more money and you'll have a great marriage. He didn't say, husband and wife. He didn't say in here, if you can buy a really nice house, drive up to Awatuki sometimes and just drive through the neighborhood and listen. Million dollar homes. and Anyway, I had a few experiences up there with people and the door was kicked in, literally. Door was kicked in. One of them had set a fire in the middle of trying to burn it down. And so, uh, anyway, praise God. But uh, uh, my point is, uh, and those things in themselves, don't miss, are not evil. But if you think that's the answer, you're, you're going to miss a million miles. You're going to miss a million miles. You're going to miss it a million miles. And so let me read to you God's blueprint. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And we haven't got to that yet. The men keep waiting for me to get to that. Uh, we've been dealing a lot with the husbands and other things. For the husband is the head of the wife. Also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. 
I did talk about uh, submission release salvation. Jesus, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. When he submitted, a salvation came. And that's a great revelation for marriage. Husbands, and I, I in here, he talks two-thirds as much to the husband as the wife. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for it. Uh, we, we have fun sometimes doing the vows, and it's pretty intense up here when we're practicing on Saturday night. And um, uh, Timothy and Vicky was up here, and I'm, I'm going through the vows, and I said, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, for better or worse, uh, uh, you're going to wash his feet. Uh, and, uh, and everything stops. <laughs> and she looks at me. What? Wash, what? Wash his feet. <laughs> I said, no, 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 really. Let me, let me go on here. And that's, that's not in there. Okay. Husband, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, gave himself for it, for her, that he might sanctify him. We went all through this. And cleanse her with the washing by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. We talked about all this. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. We are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. For this reason, for this whole reason of marriage, a man shall leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. I speak concerning Christ and the church. And here he, he, he collects, he, he uh, pulls all this together. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself. So let the wife see that she respects her husband. So uh, I just want to uh, trigger a few things try to work through some of this uh, so what's the purpose of marriage? What's the aim of marriage? I mean, anyone. What's, what, what, I'm, and I'm not looking for some big heavy so you don't have to uh, hug a. Okay, that's true. Betty? Procreate, that's true. Raymond? Go ahead, I can hear you. Okay, that's true, but I'm looking for a little bit. Uh, uh, you're not married, Christian. We, uh, Mary, <laughs> Mary LeBlanc. Turn that on, please, when you hand it to him. Turn it on. Go ahead. I didn't hear you. To provide uh, a nurturing setting for for the church to be built up. The it's the basic building block of the church. Okay, okay. Uh, uh, Dave and then Angie, Brett, Dave. Okay, that's true. Okay, yep, two are better than one. Uh, some Fred. Uh, to, um, not only have unity with your partner, but unity with God. Okay, that's all true. These are all true. Uh, anyone else? The two shall become what? So the aim is oneness. 
The aim is the two, Jesus said this, shall become one. What God has joined together, let no man part. And in this text, Paul said, For this reason a man shall leave his mother and father, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. And that speaks of intimacy. The aim of marriage is where you and your wife, there's this, this leaving, and we talked about that. You have to leave some things or you cannot cleave. And you cannot cleave with, without adjustments. And this is where husband loving your wife, wife submitting, you cannot cleave unless these two dynamics And many of you, your parents, they may have lived in the same house, but they didn't cleave. And so for this intimacy to happen, there has to be love. Love nurtures in this scripture uh, without spot or wrinkle. There's a deposit. Love brings security and confidence. You are valued. Love protects and covers and shelters. Husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Love exalts, sacrifices. And love is not lust. Lust is selfish. Lust is about how I feel and how you make me feel. Lust is about control. Lust manipulates. Lust violates. It's destructive. It hurts. It harms. It degrades. It makes the one being violated feel worthless and used, degraded, And so, uh, I've made this statement. um, Rage and violence makes a man feel powerful. I'm present, but I'm dangerous. But perversion and pornography is not about satisfaction. It strokes dissatisfaction. And that's why... Perversion and pornography always escalates because it never satisfies. Fantasy, all, all kind of stuff. Uh, we, we talked about that and etc. cetera. But um, uh, the two shall become one. This oneness of, of life. Uh, and this is not easy. This is probably one of the most difficult things you've ever tried to achieve in life. It's losing yourself in her, in him. It's becoming this this entity in the earth. And he talks, he uses this, the illustration, Christ in the church. As a bride of Christ, he's the husbandman, all of these things. We are members of his body. The woman was taken out of man. And she was 
and out of the side of Jesus, the blood flowed, and you and I were born. She was taken out of the side. And so he's incomplete. There's a deficiency, there's a lack, and the oneness is when that which was taken out of him is now redeposited. And the Bible says two are better than one. It takes time to leave and cleave. Takes time. Long time sometimes. Not easy. There's conflicts. There's arguments. There's disagreements. That's why the vows. Better, worse, richer, poor. Sickness, health. All these things. Romance comes and goes. Right? And it doesn't mean it's not real. doesn't mean it, you don't work at it. doesn't mean it doesn't come back in different seasons. Huh? But when it comes down to the reality of life, uh, you, you, you marry someone, you don't have a clue who they are. Be honest. And especially if you're saved and you've done it right, you don't have a clue who they are. You don't, you don't have any idea who they are. You, you may know who they look like. You may know their name. There's no doubt things that attract you to them. But it's amazing <clears throat> when you, they come home with you, some of the stupid things he can say. <laughs> Amen. And, and we'll talk a little bit later about that. Uh, he doesn't hear you. You can say it and say it and repeat it and repeat it. My wife's been repeating things to me for 40-something years, and I still don't hear her. It's amazing how beautiful she can be as a bride and how bad her breath can smell a month later. And you never notice that. And, and I talked about um, uh, the problem, the difference in dating and marriage is uh, you, you went on a date Okay, maybe, maybe you see her Sunday. Maybe you see her Wednesday. Maybe extreme. You guys talk a little bit. But she has all this time to prepare for you. I mean, uh, she sees you for maybe two or three hours. She's had hours to prepare for you. Her hair, I mean, her makeup, everything, you know, that, that you're looking at. Physically, she's prepared for you. She has all this time to prepare for you. And then you get married and um, you have children. Maybe she's having to work. Uh, she's got the house. Uh, and she don't have all this time to prepare for you. You're seeing a whole dimension that you never saw before. And you're saying, whoa. And she's seen you. She didn't know how mean you could be or selfish and how little things could become mountains. And what this intimacy 
you've got to communicate. Back to my statement, one of the reasons they did so much better with marriage, in my opinion, is a couple of things, three things really. Church, commitment, and communication. They didn't have money. They couldn't, they had, couldn't eat out. <clears throat> I can't remember my parents ever going on a date, and I'm not saying that should be yours. I can't remember my parents ever eating out. We drove a couple of times, and my dad used to tell me, son, you don't know what they're doing back there with that food. <laughs> and uh, after we, I told you the story about being in Malaysia, and we love this Chinese restaurant. I looked around the corner one night, and Jay Rell was back there, and she was, that's when we was first there. She's small, my papa! And, and here's grandma washing the dishes with her bare feet in the tub where she's washing the plates and spoons and everything we're gonna eat. So you don't know what they're doing back there always. And I'm not saying my parents had the best marriage. They didn't have, but they made it. And one of the reasons, there was a commitment. And they taught, I remember uh, we used to eat every meal together, unless, you know, I'd come home late from sports and stuff. But a meal time was a time of communication. And I'll get to, maybe this morning to the stranger in your bed. <clears throat> but anyway. And so, so there has to be community. Do you talk, can you talk without being crazy? Can you talk without going ballistic? Can you talk? Can you listen? Love listens. Submission listens. And so all of these things um, uh, are critical. And so I want to, uh, uh, so, so tell me, uh, uh, I've kind of kicked it off there. Tell me, I want the men to tell me, what does it mean when the Bible says, husband, love your wife like Christ loved the church. Love your wife like you love your own flesh. No man ever yet hated his flesh. What does that mean to you? You're willing to die to yourself and, and uh, just sacrifice yourself for her as Christ sacrificed himself for the church. Okay, uh, love like Christ sacrifices. What does that mean? That's, that's beautiful to say. It is, and it's true. What, what does that mean, Brad? Well, uh, as you sacrifice for Christ, you're also going to sacrifice for your wife. So whatever you want to do will probably never happen because your wife wants to do something different. Because you love her and you want to make her happy. And so if she wants to paint the room purple and you don't really care, let her paint the room purple. It doesn't matter. Yep. yep. Okay. Ike. Microphones, please. Let's go. You guys, well, last week we're running 100-yard dashes. Today you're asleep. Thank you. Um, this goes, uh, and, and it, it, what the pastor is talking about in regards to Christ loving our, uh, uh, we men patterning our love after Christ, is when he says submitting yourselves to one another in the fear of God. 
no relationship, whether it's marriage or any other, is going to be any stronger than your submission to Christ. So every relationship, including your marriage, is a love triangle. Christ is at the top, and your wife and you are on either side. The more both of you submit to Christ, the easier it is to become one another. And what happens is that the Holy Spirit, and that's why it's so important, the prayer and the communication with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is going to direct you exactly what to do in righteousness. And so, men, when your wife sees you submitting before Christ, when everything you do in the household, you're going before God, and she knows what your personal, what you personally, what you like, but what the Holy Spirit told you to do, and you do what the Holy Spirit told you to do, there is no woman that will, will fear submitting to a man like that. Praise God. We, we pray that's true. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, it, it's the Holy Spirit. In other words, that is why it is so important because the thing about it is that the, 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 the most, I guess the most strongest enemy that you're going to have in your spiritual walk is your own flesh. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Amen. Yeah, it, uh, it's something powerful when you see your husband pray or you see your wife pray or read the Bible, or et cetera. Ralph, you had your hand up. Fred? I was, I was going to say that uh, Jesus took the shame of the cross and all that meant for him to die like that just for, so that man can be redeemed, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, you know, just that love, that's how it's demonstrated. It's you, uh, you know, it's, it's redemption focused. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's just... Okay, so... Uh, most of us, we don't mind loving sometimes, especially if we're, we come to church, if it's on my terms. I'll love you as long as you look the way I think you should look. I love you because of how you perform. I love you because how you make me feel. I'll choose when and how I will love you. I'm going to put conditions on it. See, that's not Christ. He loved you when you were a miserable wreck. And some of you, and myself included, cursing his name. And so, we, we, we want, uh, sacrificial love is a love that there's not these conditions. I'll love you if. <clears throat> Fred? Uh, I'm going to piggyback off what Ike said just a little bit and speak from an experience I had uh, in actually learning how to love. I had no clue. Most men don't. And, uh, you know, once you really get an idea clearly of what unconditional love is, how much Jesus actually loves you, and you can face that love and and dig and allow yourself to understand it more for yourself, it'll help you love your wife. I, I believe that what happened with Alicia and I was that, you know, all of the pain that we put each other through before Jesus, after Jesus, we both learned more on how much our love for him was important because he loved us. He loved us both through the hard times. But then when he showed us how to love one another, 
it, it, you know, it just opened our eyes to a whole nother dimension of our marriage. And um, that was the beautiful part. Uh, it, it, ha it actually helped me learn how to love her to where she could love me. Even yeah, it's impossible to love like this uh, if you're not right with God. Somewhere, somewhere you'll miss it. Uh, it's inescapable. You, you can't escape you. And so as we've heard over, and you've heard me say for years, wherever you submit, you become powerful. Wherever you submit, you become that. You've heard me say for years, uh, Genesis, God's mind for you, God's portion for you. He blessed them. I want you to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and have dominion. And so wherever you submit to God, then who he is becomes your portion. And then uh, you're able to begin to move uh, into the arena. I have a clue how to love my wife. We used to say, uh, and we used to put it a little different, but we were saying, we used to say we loved each other. We had deep feelings for each other or we wouldn't have made it. One time she left me, uh, uh, took <clears throat> my uh, car, my 1963 Impala, red, black top, convertible. Uh, I come home from work. She came by work, got my check. Uh, I come home from work. She got the check. I come home from work. Uh, and I had a funny feeling. I had this, I wasn't even saved, but it was a, I don't know what it was from, but I had this feeling something didn't feel right. And so I went and looked in her closet. We didn't have much of a closet, but her clothes were gone. And so I was, I was a sinner, and so I said, praise God. I didn't say praise God, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I got my basketball and, and uh, partied strong for a month and played hoop and did what I wanted to do. Then I had an old 56 Oldsmobile. I fired it up, um, and, uh, and I'm just telling you the truth. I had a can of uh, White Crosses. Anybody old enough to know what, what White Crosses are? Uh, speed. And I popped them all the way from Illinois to, to Oregon. And so those days, no cell phone. Now, now, here's God. This had to be God. And we used to say, we had these, we just know how to live together. We know how to love each other. I'm all the way to Oregon. Generator went out on the way. Alternate, generator, I think, in those days. I, cold, I was going cross country. I got it. I pulled into this restaurant. And guess who's the waitress there? Now, you give me the odds on that. had to be God. I mean, <laughs> come on. Here's a million people. I don't have a clue where she's at. Her mama won't tell me, you know. And who knows? She And, and I mean, figure it out. And so I, I got her, worked a while in Oregon. The sun never shined uh, for um, four months. We said, my God, the sun never shines here. And we went back to Illinois and eventually got saved. But I didn't have a clue how to love her or her me. No, no idea. And so, uh, uh, as, and even when I first got saved, even though Jesus had powerfully forgiven me, called me, filled me with the Holy Ghost, I still had deep issues to work with. And so I want to make another statement. And, uh, uh, and, and maybe we'll come back to this next week or we're out of time. The problem is, and you, you've heard me say this a couple of times, the problem is 
Little girls are practicing their whole life for marriage. I mean, they, they want to play house. They can barely walk. They can't even talk. They want to play house. My granddaughters, they're babies. The twins, different one. And, and got Connie and I there at the house and little plates coming out, little teacups. And, and they're wanting to play house. You, you buy them for Christmas sometime, a little fake stove or a little, and they love it. They, they, I mean, they're into it. You've heard me talk about the twins. These weddings, I was shocked. I mean, I'm getting older and things slip away. These weddings, these twins, man, every bridesmaid, every dress, every word, every special song, I mean, they're enraptured with the whole wedding. Colin's in the wedding, and I'm watching him. He's over here. You know, he's, he could care, he, you know, he, he, you know, he just, what did he, get it over with. Uh, and so it's like, and you heard me in, in the one that went viral, uh, uh, when a man loves a woman, they hear those songs. And, and I mean, they read romance novels. I never read a romance novel in my life. They see movies, and so they have this image of when a man loves a woman and all of those, you know, those songs. And so they marry, and they're looking for a man that doesn't exist. He doesn't live. He doesn't. When I was a boy, they wanted to play house. My dad said, son, boys don't play house. And then you get married, and all of a sudden they want you to, they expect you to know how to play house. Don't have a clue. <laughs> I wanted to stink, play ball, and run through the woods. Amen. That, that's growing up. The dirtier I was, the more exciting it was. And so all of a sudden, then you get, listen, he don't have a clue, dear. He don't have a clue. He don't understand you. And you're trying, and then what they do, they want to enlist me to fix him. They want me to, they'll come and hint, you know, hint. I've had a lot of women come to me and hinting because I'm doing this marriage thing. You know, they drop these little hints and, and what they're really saying, uh, you know, take a shot at my husband, would you please? <laughs> <laughs> And some of the guys too, amen. Pastor, when are you going to get to this submission thing? We've been waiting weeks and weeks and weeks. You just keep waltzing around. Come on, let's get, let's get to it, you know. Come on, let's, let's get out of kingdom business here. And, uh, but this is the dynamics. Boys and girls are different. You're made different. You think different. You're, and it's that difference that when it, if there's love and if there's respect, when it comes together, you become far more powerful. Because now you, you heard the word that Scott Grabowska gave Connie and I, and he said, Connie, he needs you. Remember he said that a couple, if you weren't here, uh, and, and uh, you know, I've had words given over the years, but I, I, Pastor Grabowska, that's so out I've not heard him give a lot of words. And it was so precise. And, and uh, he had written things down. And 
very, very, and I could feel the whole, I had people come up to me after that and say, you know, Pat, when he was here, I felt God. But he kept saying, uh, uh, Connie, we know you've been through a lot and it's because of the ministry and his calling, sickness and stuff, but he needs you. And every minute, you need her. She brings something to the table. If you live to be a thousand years old, you will not bring that to the table. It's not in you to bring it to the table. And you need to value her. And when you value her as this incredible gift... Something wonderful begins to happen. And I think we're out of time. But anyway, uh, we'll, we'll pick it up next week. Uh, but I encourage you to read uh, this, this design and blueprint for marriage. Uh, read it for yourself. God love you this morning. Great, great to speak with you. What a privilege.